Hello and welcome everyone to today's News Tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined as always by my good friends and GVG co-founders, Ash Paulson and Steve Bowling, as well as our very special guest, Naveed, content creator, streamer, gentleman. Welcome, good sir. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Of course. You course. actually just did a recent stream of showing off your entire Wii collection, which apparently is pretty massive. You had to break it into two parts, right? I did. Yeah. I, I, I massively underestimated how long it would take to go through those. I have like uh, somewhere like 180 Wii games, something like that. Oh my God. Uh, but I did wow. not expect it to take as long as it did. Is it all shovelware or is it actually con- good stuff? No, I, I try not to get shovelware. Like, there's obviously a couple things in there. Like, I have, like, a, a Gold's Gym fitness game and, like, Flip's Twisted World or something like that. But mm. most of the stuff is pretty good, in my nice. opinion. Nice. Do you have uh, Grill Off with Ultra Hand? I do. On the digital nice. store, yeah. I was just showing Hell off yeah. my physical stuff, though. I don't have Doc Lewis's Punch-Out, though. I never got Whoa. that one. I never got oh, that man. either, so I, I I got the out. Mario it's hat gone. instead on Club Nintendo. <laughs> I feel special okay. that I that I actually managed to get that. Doc Lewis's punch yeah. out is like my digital crown of my collection. The one thing you know what I have to ask though? I have to ask this to anybody that collects Wii stuff. Did you manage to get the punch out glove that Amazon had for a while? No, I do not I, have that. Oh man, I wanted was that, that like a, so bad. It was, was it a it pre order? No, it was a weird thing where they offered like it was an Amazon specific special edition of Punch Out where they included a a signed little Mac boxing glove. So it was like a one-to-one real life. You mm-hmm. could actually put it on boxing glove with a fake little oh, Mac man. signature on it. And I wanted it so bad and I missed the boat on it. And I think it's worth just a ton of money now. It's ridiculous. Oh, wow. yeah, that sounds cool. Nice. Yeah, uh, Navid, I have to ask you, is that a Kirby neck pillow behind you? Uh, it's just, it's just a big Kirby. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's just a big Kirby. Either way, I love it. It's it's a Kirby that consumes something. I don't know what it consumes. Yeah. Okay. He's he's, he's nice. gonna spit at us any time any time now. It's just it's like a camel. You just gotta watch out. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like it's like Kirby mid consumption when he's like you've sucked something up, but he can't yeah. actually fly because he's like yeah. I you think it's like I that. That's that's exactly that as, yep. I'm not a Kirby expert, but I feel like that is almost perfectly one of the frames that you see when he is for lack of a better term, expelling something that he's eaten. Like, uh-huh. like when he, squi- he like yeah. squishes down and then the star flies out of his butt. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's what I picture when I see that, but I'm not a, I'm not a big Kirby boy, but I will say that it's one of the uh, most cute, like Kirby plushes I've ever seen. It has some, some Snorlax vibes to it for me. I like big I, chunky yeah, boys. Yeah. Yeah. I have a Snorlax plush as well just like outside see we do a man culture area. right here <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I, lo- I love this kirby plush too because it's in like the running pose so the legs are kind of like offset so if you look at it from oh, the nice. side it just looks like it's it's running so. <laughs> I, I do feel a little ins- insulted there steve because i've had multiple kirby's displayed on here i've had cupid kirby cooking Cur- <laughs> chef kirby right sword I- kirby be uh uh what is it? The other one, cooking? No, Archer Kirby. Archer and then Kirby, I have yeah. Marks, cutest boy of all. Marks Cupid Kirby, right? Listen, yeah, Cupid. Um, I don't need to break down the science again, but fat mascots are better. There's no denying. <laughs> I've done. I've done research I mean, on this. I, I share that. Uh, I share that uh, disgust, Derek, because uh, Kirby is my favorite <laughs> Nintendo character of all time. And I was just thinking, Steve says he's on a Kirby boy, which means that when we are finally all able to to get together and do stuff in the same room. We're streaming a Kirby game with you, Steve. It's happening. Oh, it man, is just, I'll it's play it. Happen. I mean, I'll play it. The only four-player yeah, one that I can think of offhand is Return to Dreamland. Is there another one? 
Uh, Star mean, Allies. Amaz- amazing uh, Star Allies. Uh, and also Amazing Mirror, but Amazing Mirror is a nightmare of <laughs> hooking up game, yeah, sure. game Boy Advance. Yeah, that's true. I guess Star Allies would be the easiest. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, before we get too much further into this, we are, of course, sponsored this episode specifically by The Game Orb. Uh, and The Game Orb is a fledgling channel focused mostly on Nintendo content, and it's currently running Let's Plays of Super Mario 3D All-Stars, Splatoon 2, Smash Ultimate, Super Mario 35, I think those are still uploading, uh, and more. So be sure to subscribe to the Game Warp at the link in the description. We've got them past 200 subscribers. They are up to 212 right now, so well on the way to the 250 that we're shooting for uh, now. And, uh, you know, of course, continue to show them the GV Gang's support. But they also want to promote their friend's YouTube channel, Galactic Reaper. And we'll have links to those in the description as well as pinned in the description live stream right now so they're uh, yeah, posting and, gameplay of pac-man 99 nice and galactic yeah. Reaper is actually getting uh is, is almost at uh 50 years themselves they're over halfway there so that's, that's hell yeah stuff. yes stuff. so with that said there is a lot of news that happened over the weekend so let's go ahead and get to that with our first bit of news all right Amazon has canceled the Lord of the Rings MMO due to a dispute with Tencent, but though it is possible that Tencent might continue to go ahead and make it on their own. This comes uh, via report via uh, Bloomsburg and Jason Scryer. Um, basically just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Whoever, who even remembered that they announced this two years ago? Like, that's my big question. Cause I, completely- I had a vague memory of it. Like I heard they're yeah. like Lord of the Rings canceled. I was like, all oh, right, that TV show that they're spending a ton of money on. I guess that's got they canceled that out of nowhere. Weird. And then they said MMO. I was like, oh, that was a thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is not something I personally feel the loss of. I'm not a big LOTR guy. I'm not a big MMO guy. But I'm sure there are plenty of people who are, you know, hoping this would be a thing. And that that's really unfortunate for them. I'm sorry, sorry for the loss. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel I feel like the for for by and large, the ship has sailed for Lord of the Rings content. Like, we had Shadow of Mordor, which really kind of brought it back into the public eye, but then Shadow of War wasn't very good. And I think that <laughs> it would appeal to hardcore fans. And yeah, I'm with you in that, like, if you're a hardcore Lord of the Rings person and you really wanted to play this, cool. But I, I forgot. I didn't even remember this was a thing at all. Um, so for me, it's, it's not really a loss. But yeah, I mean, it, it sucks if you were looking forward to this. But Amazon hasn't been able to figure out gaming yet and i don't know that this would have been the place where they did that i, I yeah. think that's the biggest takeaway from this is just amazon game studios as a thing is just kind of a disaster right mm-hmm. because they've had multiple games that they've put up and i think they've like taken down games that they've released so and then there's they've had multiple games that have been canceled so yeah i'm yeah. like you guys i didn't even remember that this mmo was a thing but i, I think it could have been pretty big maybe i I mean lord of the rings is a big franchise but um yeah i don't know it all it all depends it's hard to top topple the the two big mmos right now which is wow and final fantasy 14 like yeah you know everybody loves skyrim but you don't hear people talking about the elder scrolls online too much and there's a lot of like there's a lot of other smaller ones out there like uh, i think it's black desert online and uh, a bunch of other stuff like there's possibilities here, but it never felt like it'd be could, could be the next big MMO. 
that everybody got got into, especially because apparently what uh, it had been in development at Amazon Game Studios alongside the China-based Layu Technologies Holdings, which is what led to this whole thing because it was purchased by Tencent and the re- resulting contract negotiations led to a dispute between Amazon and Tencent that eventually caused the game's cancellation. Um, right. So- and Amazon themselves never held the rights to the game, according to Zhuge EX on Twitter. So... It's I guess it's not too surprising that things turned out this way, especially uh, as you're saying, Navid, with, you know, how how beleaguered Amazon's game studio has been in general. But it's it's yet another setback. And, uh, you know, it's a shame. It would have been interesting to see what would have come of this project potentially. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I just don't know if Amazon really knows how to run their game division very well. Like now they have the Luna, right, which after what we saw from Stadia. (laughs) <laughs> Doesn't seem like a very. <laughs> they might be th- double thinking. Uh, you know, hmm, yeah, that's not such a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so. I uh, got into the Luna beta and I tried it, and it had lag that it was just terrible, terrible lag. Um, I I still stand by the fact that Stadia, as far, from a technological perspective, functions well. Um, sure, you know, I've I've played probably a couple dozen games on Stadia. I reviewed Stadia back during the press review period and it worked really well for me and it works, you know, I've moved house since then and it still continued to work really well. I think where Google messed up Stadia was the pricing. I think Luna gets that right, but does not nail the technology and you have to have both Mm. of those things for it to work. Um, Mm. You know, Luna works in a web browser on iOS and unfortunately that's all I have to test with really. And I just found it to be unplayably slow, even on like NES games. They had Contra on there, and I was just like, "This runs very badly. I can't, yeah. I, I can't play this." They, they, I got the Luna controller, but honestly, my interest just hasn't been there to even try it to take that extra step. I, they, there's nothing compelling about it. No more Heroes One and Two are on there, and I think the most interesting thing about that is that it means that they coded a PC port. Like it's not. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I I don't know. I don't think that Luna is going to catch on. I think Amazon doesn't really, I think Amazon sees money in gaming, which yeah, there's tons of money to be had in gaming, but they don't quite understand what it is people want. And they just kind of keep throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. And I, I kind of foresee that the studio will fold before we'll get anything meaningful out of it. I kind of agree. How much money Bezos wants to lose? I mean, he can lose a lot and not even notice. Sure. I he think might I read they were he putting has in a game studio. <laughs> I think I read they were putting in like five hundred million dollars every year into their gaming division. Oh so God, they're Woof. they're probably losing a bit of that. Yeah, but they also <laughs> own Twitch. So true. That's a that's a big money maker. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's where they should probably focus their efforts. I mean. 500 million could could drive a lot of improvement at Twitch that frankly needs to happen. Um, maybe mm-hmm. hire some more like moderators that are actually people. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, Juan in the chat says, I, I didn't realize this. Uh, they say also the Christian Whitehead versions of Sonic 1 and 2 are on Luna. That yes. seems wrong. Why I, wh- Why aren't those on platforms that I can yeah, want to play them on? Yeah. <laughs> I want to play the, the, the Christian Whitehead versions on like anything else pretty much i hear those are like the best versions why are they not they're amazing they're they're, i mean and not just say such they're great but the the white versions are are their own level of just all right right (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Ash's internet from the beach house is uh, not going well, but but at least we got <laughs> Sonic CD ported. I love you, Ash, but you are you yeah, are a lo- robot mime. Is it not happening? Damn it! Sorry, guys. Well, you're, no, you're, you're running they're, they're, at a at a your sound is working all right, but right now. <laughs> but I okay. I think you might be a little desynced now, but that that's eh, it's, it's all, all right. right. I can see your eyes. Either way, you're back. <laughs> Sorry I think you're that. good now. Um, and the okay, VOD version cool. will be fine. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next bit of news. And uh, Pokemon, of all things, Pokemon Tournament is what led to Bandai Namco working on new Pokemon Snap. And in the the process of the development of new Pokemon Snap, they actually consulted the original developers. So, yeah, I guess good on uh, Bandai Namco. They said, according to director Haruki Suzaki uh, in an interview, uh, Pokemon Tournament utilized Bandai Namco Studios' strengths, and it made Pokemon appealing in a new way. Because of this, we got a new got another opportunity to do something together again, and this led to the development of new Pokemon Snap. We were able to talk to developers of the original game, and the project started with the involvement of many people. So it's kind of generic there, but it is kind of interesting that like you don't hear people talk about Pokemon Tournament too much. It's it was a good game, not a great single player uh, mode, good. but a good game. And it even got ported to Switch, but I don't think it got that boost that a lot of other Switch no. ports got. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting game insofar as it's kind of like Pokemon Cross Tekken. It, it it's a unique take on the franchise, but I think it doesn't uh, it doesn't do a lot to attract Pokemon players because it doesn't feel like a Pokemon game at all. Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. And I uh, like it, as good as Pokemon tur- Pokemon Tournament and Pokemon. Pokemon, Pokemon Tournament Deluxe R. Pokemon. I just couldn't get my. I don't know. Like, I appreciate the existence of the game. <laughs> I had to be anywhere close to anything that's not terrible at that game. I was so bad at it, and I just. I don't know. It wasn't for me. Uh, it also may have See, that's, suffered that's on funny, Switch because I actually was decent. You were, right? and I remember you <laughs> I saying that. I, I had I, I had my breaks in, and I was just I could destroy people with that game don't play it much anymore but i was actually pretty decent at it i right. really as an aside i really liked the design of the controller they released for that game hmm. the the pokemon tournament mm-hmm. controller was actually really nice really comfortable oddly enough was supposed to be set up to have leds in it so that it would glow while you were playing it and they just removed them from the final product but um i, I liked the game i could never beat uh i I kept trying to beat Shadow Mewtwo the very first time he shows up in arcade, and I could never, ever win. I'd get so close, and I just couldn't actually <laughs> uh, cinch the victory. I'd choke every time. But I always wondered what happens if you beat him in arcade mode like the very first time he comes up. But nah. It's interesting that Pokemon Tournament Deluxe didn't benefit from the same you know jump to Switch that so many other Wii U ports have. And part of me wonders if the reason for that is because it came out in that kind of early Switch phase where people were just kind of waiting for Smash, right? And I remember when Pokemon Tournament Deluxe was revealed at E3, and it was the first time anybody had seen it, and so much of the chatter around that was like, yeah, that's cool, but where's Smash? And so I wonder if that had a chilling effect on the appeal of Pokemon Tournament Deluxe. Uh, I mean, I would say the the problem isn't so much that people were waiting for Smash, because I think 
Smash fans still buy plenty of other games, right? Like mm-hmm. they're they're big spenders by and large for the most part. Um, <laughs> I think the issue is that it, it's based on a franchise that is nothing like that. You know, Pokemon is a JRPG yeah. series at its core, and JRPG fans and fighting game fans, there's not. I mean, there's overlap, but not like a, you know, it's not one of those things where you'd be like, well, obviously these RPG fans are going to want to buy this 3D (laughs) arena fighter. Like, that's just not Mm -hmm. really something that translates one to one. And so I think you have a lot of Pokemon fans that probably saw it and were like, yeah, no, not interested. (laughs) Um, Especially because, you know, you're talking about a, a series where you have 800 plus creatures and a fighting game where you have the tiniest like infinitesimally small fraction thereof to choose from so 90 Mm percent of people's favorite pokemon just isn't in the game how much how much dlc was there uh in for pokemon tournament because like i i have a lot of switch games but pokemon tournament dx is actually one of the ones i don't have from nintendo uh, and I didn't purchase it just because, like, was there I, don't think, I don't think there was any DLC. I don't think it added new really content yeah. for Deluxe. I think it, you got uh, the, the, oh, God. Pokemon Tournament. The came Archer out. Owl is <laughs> a yeah, new character. Right, right. Decidueye. Decidueye. Yeah. Um, Pokemon came out at a time where Nintendo was just sending me everything, you know, whether I asked for it or not. And I don't think I got anything for Pokemon from them. Uh, so hmm. I, I think there, uh, if there was DLC, it's minimal. There is DLC. It's called the DLC Battle Pack. I guess there were two of them. Mm. DLC Pack oh, wow. 1 and Pack 2. I completely forgot about this. Um, yeah. Let's see what they include. Pack 1 included uh, Aegislash, I think. Uh, Aegislash is a playable oh, right. Pokemon. Um, nice. And then Ray- Rayquaza and uh, what's his face? Um uh, the the fake wannabe Pikachu. I can't remember his name. Ditto. <laughs> no, no, Mimikyu. Uh, Mimikyu. Mimikyu. Yeah. Oh Mimikyu. God, I'm like fake. Yeah. Ditto. <laughs> and then and then Pack Two inc- uh, added Blastoise as a playable Pokemon, and then Mew and oh, Celebi as assist Pokemon. I forgot so, yes. that Blastoise was not in the game. Uh, it, it was DLC. Right. Whoops. Um, that's that's real. Cool, I guess. Did... Real quick, I have a piece of breaking news. Ooh. Ooh, we like oh, breaking news. Actually, two pieces of breaking news. Uh, Coop Scrib has edited their pledge and joined the producer tier during the show. Thank you so much. Thank uh, you. That happened Hell yeah. 10 minutes ago. And even more recently, uh, we have had Dennis J edit their pledge from uh, 5 euros up to 22, which would bring them up to our executive producer level. Uh, so thank you so, so much. Your name will be in the credits of tonight's episode. The the VOD version. Yes, indeed. <laughs> nice. Thank but, you uh, very much. Thank you. That's Can awesome. Can you pop that Welcome in there, the squad. I will do that. Yeah, problem. Thanks. Actually, I'll By the way, I, I uh, stand corrected. It was Mega Rayquaza added in Wave 1 as an oh. assist Pokemon, not Rayquaza. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Aududo mentions that the game sold over a million units in six months, but also six months after the game came out, Smash was announced. So... Yeah, yeah, that right, happen. right. I, I guess it did okay. Just it's not really in the headspace anymore. Is more the thing, mm-hmm. um, with how that goes. But I have a feeling people are going to be talking a bit more about new Pokemon Snap, which looks delightful, by the way. Oh man, I I can't wait for it. Um, I I'm really excited to try it. I I wish though I saw a story that Lawson, uh, which for those of you that don't know, is like a very ubiquitous convenience store chain in Japan, like a one on every corner type of situation. Lawson will Mm. be getting new Pokemon snap print stations. 
So Ooh, if you live in Japan and fun. you're playing new Pokemon Snap, you can you can literally relive what we were doing here in the U.S. at Blockbusters and stuff. And we got to go to the last Blockbuster <laughs> and uh, <laughs> print it out. Bend, Oregon. Exactly. <laughs> there you Man, go. I would, there. I would love it. If they did that, if Nintendo was just like one only in Oregon, I would go. I would absolutely go. <laughs> that would be the first and, and, well, not the only time, but the first time I would do a, a vlog style video for GVG. If we, if we could go print Pokemon <laughs> Snap video or photos in Oregon. If you could print a right. video, you'd win a Nobel Prize. <laughs> Did, uh, what were your feelings on new Pokemon? I see the Pokeball, so I have to assume you're a bit of a yeah. Pokemon fan there. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've kind of like, I've been less excited about the series in general as I've grown older, but I, I mm. still love Pokemon, and Pokemon Snap is one of my favorite N64 games. Mm. Uh, nice. I didn't get an N64 until the GameCube was out, and Pokemon Snap was one of the few games I did get, so I'm all about new Pokemon Snap. I can't wait for it, and honestly... I never really put two and two together, but the art styles of Pokémon and po- New Pokémon Snap kind yeah. of are kind of similar. They have like a, they really kind of a flatter look mm-hmm. to them with the colors and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, I mean this this news kind of makes me even more excited knowing that they nice. talked to to talk to the original devs and stuff and got some ideas from them. So, it, it, yeah, it's so interesting because. Um, Somebody mentioned in the chat before, and I, I'm sorry, if I, I think it was Odd Doodle, but I can't remember uh, specifically. But I did look up uh, Haruki Suzaki's uh, credits, and he's mostly fighting games because his he was director on Soul Calibur Five, then Pokemon Tournament and DX, and now this. He does you know game producer and stuff like that on others, but you know mostly that uh, those are his, those are his three directing credits. One one of the mm-hmm. things that I find really interesting is just the level of trust that Nintendo is placing in Bandai Namco. I mean, mm. we, we've talked yeah. about it. You know, I, I jokingly said that Nintendo should look to acquire them. I don't think Bandai would ever go for that. But man, no. it, it is getting... I think they are the coziest third party Nintendo has ever had in their history at this point. I mean, they have been they just were... blockbuster franchise after blockbuster franchise to work on. Sorry, Metroid sorry. Prime, Prime 4 yeah. was a... Bandai Namco thing first, right? Before That's they right. started yeah. over. Originally. Yeah. So I they... think the only other development. Sorry, guys. Ash is <laughs> on uh, <laughs> dial up right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like it. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> if if we were still on the old style of naming these episodes, it would definitely be Ash has become a robot. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. But um, either way, uh, I'm 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 down for new more new Pokemon Snap. I don't like the name, but hey, bring it on. Let's see if it comes together. And if Nintendo did purchase Bandai Namco, by the way, Steve, that'd be weird because that would mean that's Nintendo publishing stuff like Tekken, Soul Calibur. Dragon Ball. <laughs> I'm, you know, the funny thing is, if Nintendo somehow snagged the exclusive rights to Dragon Ball games, I, I would be living my best life, man. Some of my favorite Dragon Ball games are on Nintendo platforms. Like the original SNES or Super Famicom, in this case, Dragon Ball games were incredibly fun. I would love to see a return to like a, a good... And I, I absolutely respect and love what Arc System Works has done with Dragon Ball for with fighters, but... 
I have like a lot of love for the old school 2D SNES Dragon Ball fighting games. The ones that were more slower, more methodical, mm-hmm. um, that were definitely trying to get some of that Street Fighter money. I, I liked those games, and I would love to see a return to those. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think Bandai would... Bandai would be smart not to get fully in bed with Nintendo. Uh-oh. Man, oh, Ash, Ash's internet went down so hard, he is... Uh, just straight out of here. So uh, Ouch. Gonna transition peace, to the three-person <laughs> frame. Godspeed, Ash. We hope your internet comes back. <laughs> uh, Doodle mentions that Bandai is legitimately a Disney-level mega corporation in Japan. So Nintendo, Nintendo could never really do that, well, yeah, which makes sense to me. I mean, Bandai also makes Disney games in Japan. <laughs> so. oh, yeah, there you go. It's it's like if yeah, it's, it's like if Square Enix got acquired, like that rumor that was out. Oh, yeah. like, they were quick like to just like, yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah. I don't think that would, that would ever happen. And Nintendo doesn't really buy a lot of not really uh, smaller guys. Like, like the most... mobile games was the only one exactly. recently. So exactly. Well, while Ash figures out what's going on, let's go ahead and move on to our next bit of news. So the creative director of Days Gone has vented about uh, the lost sales and players needing to buy games at full price. Now I didn't use the uh, headline use for a lot of places. Um, but because they were saying how they says uh, gamers should, you know, don't complain if there's no sequel, but if you don't buy it at full price, it's like you, you read his comments and they're like, there's definitely an anger there. I think I feel like there is definitely like I believed in this product. I wanted it from it, but it just didn't come together. Um, he actually in this, it was during a he was speaking the game, uh, David Jaffe on uh, Jaffe's YouTube show. Uh, and he spoke, he said, um he uh, he was asked if he heard anything about meaningful uptick of engagement with Days Gone since it was it was added to the PlayStation Plus collection on PS5. And he said, I do have an opinion on something that your audience may find of interest and it might piss some of them off. If you love a game, buy it. I can't tell you how many times I've been I've seen gamers say, yeah, I got it on sale. I got it through PS Plus, whatever. But how do you know I love a game until you've played it? Uh, how, as Jeffrey responded. And he's like, and he's all he said was, I'm just saying you don't, but don't complain if a game doesn't get a sequel if it wasn't supported at launch. It's like God of War got whatever number of millions number of sales at launch, and you know, Days Gone didn't. I'm just speaking for me personally as a developer. I don't work for Sony. I don't know what the numbers are. Uh, but then he goes on to mention that there's a lot of piracy for Siphon Felt to Dark uh, Dark Mirror. Um, and they were shown torrents where a torrent site torrent torrent site had 200,000 copies of Dark Mirror being downloaded. And that's a lot of lost sales for them. So I can, I can see the frustration where he's seeing like this, like, Hey, buy our games. But I don't, I'm yeah. curious what you guys think. I, I honestly think this is a really crappy take. I, I think that I one Okay. Yeah. Don't pirate games. That's a slam dunk. That's easy. If, if they're available mm. legally at a reasonable price, go, go get them. That's, that's fair. But telling people that they have to buy your game at full price if they want a sequel and kind of, you know, hand-waving away the notion that people should buy games that they're not sure they'll even like for for 60 or, in in the case of Next Gen now, 70 bucks. Um, Mm. Hell no. That's stupid. Like, one, (laughs) you don't make your game directly from the – you don't make your money directly from the consumer. That's, That's not how retail works. Mm. They make their money. The developers make their money from stores like GameStop, Target, Amazon, buying up physical copies. They don't get our money. (laughs) So 
I'm I'm sorry, you know, if if uh that's pissing you off, David Jaffe. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I don't think that consumers should sight unseen drop sixty bucks or seventy bucks if that's a price they're unwilling to pay. I think you should just, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you're not sure on a game, wait for a sale. So definitely yeah. support your developers every time, but just don't rush in paying full price because you think you're going to get a sequel. Because at the end of the day, it's not that simple. On the other side of the coin, I did see, I think it was in that article, they were talking about how Sony has cared so much about like Metacritic and Metacritic mm. averages. And I think that side of like video game reviews and like just putting out video games is really, really unfortunate because I there's so much stock put into this Metacritic average and oh, yeah. I think Days Gone was one of those games that it performed like reasonably well uh, in reviews, but that might have definitely caused sales to fall. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like the actual take of you need to buy our game for 60 bucks, that's, that's something I totally don't agree with. Mm-hmm. Yep. Welcome back, Ash. Hey, sorry about that, guys. I think our internet actually completely died for a second. Um, I I haven't mentioned this on the show yet, but I'm up visiting my parents up at the Northern California coast, and the internet's a bit spotty up here. Uh, So I think that's what happened, but I should hopefully be good now and not sound like a robot. So sorry for the interruptions, (laughs) y'all. No worries. We were just talking about the Days Gone piece of news and the sort of tricky part of all that. And the thing is that Days Gone looked like a okay game i never did right. really try it myself or anything like that but we all remember that one um press conference where it was just uh fighting zombies that whole horde of zombies running through the whole uh the garage or whatever for what was it 10 minutes just shooting zombies constantly yeah. until every single one was mowed down and yeah it got a little blase it's like okay we get it it's just yeah every little talking point that you've seen time and time again in one yeah. game, it's just like, all right, I mean, well, I remember. Ex- oh. I remember exactly what I said that day at the E3 press press conference because I believe that's the the the, the game they ended with, and mm. I was quite felt. I felt quite disappointed. And I remember exactly saying, "Well, day's gone, and so am I," because it just did not do <laughs> anything for me. And that's that makes it ironic that my internet kicked me out of the out of the uh, show during Days Gone, right? <laughs> um, but. You know, there's a an element of truth, I think, to what John Garvin said in terms of, you know, it's straight facts. If you don't buy a game and it doesn't make money and it's not successful, there's probably not going to be a sequel to it. However, I think the way he delivered that point could have been better and probably could have reached more people if he hadn't done it in such a brash way. But the the, the core of what he's saying is true. If you want a sequel to something, you're going to have to buy it, you know, hopefully at full price. But... It's not as simple as that either. The, it just the, comes across as bitter the way he said it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I think yeah. he it probably is bitter because uh, yeah. he also confirmed later in the interview that his departure, he has departed from Ben's studio. Um, it was actually based on his personality rather than anything to do with any, anything with days gone. Um, he said it was a, you know, six years of crunch working on it hard and, with there's nonstop uh, pressure with milestones, profitability, people management, and it's a lot easier when it's a smaller studio. But with a hundred person studio that he's working with now, because Ben was working on much smaller games before this. I think it was like they went from what PSP to this to PS4. That's a hell of a jump. 
Um, and he actually was sent to classes, uh, to training to try to become a better people person. And here's how you do this. <laughs> and you know, go to out to lunch and be a better director. And he admitted himself. He just kind of sucked at it. So this, that definitely this, comes through this in his quote. This personality. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, yeah. The the other thing I want to point out, though, real quick before we move on, is that, I mean, yeah, money plays a lot into sequels. There's also the Metacritic, Metacritic uh, aspect of things. But games sometimes, I mean, even unsuccessful games can sometimes spawn a sequel. You know, it, it's almost mm-hmm. like there's no way to read tea leaves in this type of scenario because you never mm-hmm. know when someone's going to say, you know what, this game didn't meet any of our expectations, but we really think that it that we could do something really special with a second game in the series and some sometimes games you never thought would get a sequel end up end up there somehow um i wouldn't write off a days gone Two yet especially you know no. with the light in light of all the news we've gotten i wouldn't say it happened anytime soon um but i would be surprised if it i i bet sony put it on ps plus for a reason not not just to give people something nice right no corporation ever does something <laughs> just to be nice uh they always right, no. there's always some motivation to it and i would bet that sony is paying really close attention to how many new ps5 owners download and how much they play days gone because when you when you download a game or, or really when you use a console at all sony knows exactly how much we're playing exactly you know how much time we spend on each game i guarantee you they they can tell you if they're really interested what parts of a game most people drop off during and and which ones keep people playing they they have that data we we give it to them it's in the agreements we we uh you know accept when we turn these things on for the first time so i i would bet that there somewhere someone is gathering data on how all these games that they put in that playstation collection are doing and that that will at some point factor into whether or not we get a sequel to any of them, not just uh, Days Gone. But mm-hmm. I, I guarantee you that that is kind of a Trojan horse right. for which one of these gets a next-gen you know, sequel. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, let's go ahead and move on to a little bit of happier news. <laughs> and Lego Luigi has leaked. Now, this was getting talked about even before these pictures uh, came out. Because there was a firmware update to Lego <laughs> Mario, and he started talking about Luigi. Hmm, funny that. <laughs> well, now we actually have a look at the set, which uh, is a Luigi starter course, and has a pink Yoshi, a skull Goomba, and Boom Boom, and it's Lego Luigi. <laughs> you know? I yeah, I mean, okay. Love this. I I don't yeah. want it. I don't want it, but. Me neither. I, Luigi deserves <laughs> his shine. He does. Right. I just want to say, I think it's wild that we even have the concept of firmware updates for Legos. I know. <laughs> that yeah. aspect of, of this product is what has me interested, but like, I'm, I'm still not going to go out and buy it. because I, I don't have the room for Legos and they're expensive, but it's still a cool thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I mean, Luigi deserves it, They're, as Steve was saying. I, I don't want this myself. I still want the Lego Sonic set way more than I want either of these Lego Mario or Luigi sets. But mm. Luigi deserves it. And if Mario's g- going to have one, Luigi should also have one. I just wish it was like, I, I wanted to say Lego Super Luigi, right? I want it to be like a Year of Luigi style branding, yeah. where it isn't Lego Super Mario Luigi edition. It's just Lego Super Luigi. Come on. Yeah, I mean, 
I get why they're not doing that, but yeah, I'm yeah, sure Lego only has rights to use certain trademarks of Nintendo's or whatever. Right. Um, I mean, but this is like a no-brainer. I mean, all they're doing is taking the exact same stuff that's in Mario. He's the mm. exact same dimensions and just one, I guess, uploading Luigi firmware to it, which is a weird sentence to have to say out I, loud. I guess. <laughs> I and mean, then, the thing is, they can encourage kids to get the Mario one if they have some sort of interaction together where, you know, give him a uh, a mansion, a Lego man- mansion oh, to go man. through and have him go, uh-huh. Mario. I would <laughs> love that. So I, I think that Mario. I, I wonder how they Thank do you. react. <laughs> um, and, and this is going to sound terrible, but I have to point it out. Mario's uh, sensor for interacting with other Legos is in his crotch. <laughs> so I, I'm just saying if they have some kind of interaction together, hopefully, hopefully uh-huh. it's a little more wholesome than the only uh-huh. thing I can picture. Um, Here's a whole new uh, meeting to the move named Green Missile from Smash, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he has like a QR code on top of his hat. Oh, God. I don't uh-huh. want this to happen. <laughs> have, have any of you actually used any of this Mario Lego stuff yet? Or is I, it? I have. I, I reviewed okay. both the Lego NES and the Lego Mario set during my time at Game Explain. It's, I mean, it's It's, it's fine as a playset. It's a playset. It's not the traditional Lego that we're used to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's more like a novel kind of thing. Like, oh, hey, you know, you can, you can use Mario with uh like I I reviewed the, because the Lego NES you can put Mario into it and it makes Mario sounds. It, it was interesting, but it, he uses his crotch camera to read the QR <laughs> code inside the Lego <laughs> NES, and I was just like, you know what, this is like cool, and I would consider myself a pretty big Mario fan. I love Mario games, and I I. I do Mm -hmm. get various Mario items outside of the games. Like I own a pair of uh, piranha plant slippers, my favorite slippers I own. I, I definitely am a 38 year old man that owns Mario pajamas. (laughs) I do not want these though. I I just have zero desire to actually own them. And once I actually had and used one that didn't change for me at all. I was just like, Oh, this is kind of cool, but it's, it's way more structured than Lego is supposed to be. I think. Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, this is the direction that Lego is going to take in the future with more of their products in terms of the electronic and physical aspect of it. I uh, hope not. Yeah, this, this, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of this for Lego. I, I like all I want is Peach's Castle, Bowser's Castle, and an airship. Yes. I would, I, yeah, I would be tempted yeah. by Luigi's Mansion. Like if it was an actual right. mansion, I would be tempted by that. Yep. I would be tempted by a subcon set. Not gonna lie, mm. if they ever—that's too. I think it's too deep a cut for Lego. But if they did a subcon yeah. subcon set, I might have to, to go for that. <laughs> yeah, I, think- I, uh, I, I, all I, all I know is I'm looking at a space on my roof. I just want to hang the airship, Lego airship, from the roof, from the ceiling, I should say, and make make that all. That'd be so cool, especially because Mario Three is the best Mario. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you on that. I like Mario Three probably. Well, well, I there's separate rankings for 3D and 2D Mario in my mind. Right, in, right. in the 2D Mario ranking, I would say Mario 3 takes it for me as well. Oh, wow. Uh, Juan says, uh, Rosalina Spaceship, Delfino Plaza, Del- Io Delfino set from Legend of Jess. See, that's... I, <laughs> Rosalina I, Spaceship would be cool. I there's a lot for... of cool sets they could make, and now we're just doing levels where you, they, like, score points, get coins. It's all pretend, which 
granted, it's always the way with kids' toys, but I don't know. As an old man, <laughs> I want to build Lego. Yeah, see, sets. like I, I want the more yeah, I want the more traditional Lego sets where we get something from the games given physical form. I like that idea of Luigi's Mansion. That would probably be my top set if I could get that. Mm-hmm. The the mm-hmm. Delfino set sounds really cool though, because they could just you could it get does. like separate parts of the set, connect them together, and <gasps> there's the like the Ferris wheel oh, yeah. area, Peter Park. the Peter Park. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, that man. would be awesome. Damn, More. there are so many. There are so many. <laughs> it's, it's funny, like on it, on, on like when you just start talking about Lego Mario, I don't really care <laughs> about having a Lego Mario set, but there are so many good ideas for other sets that I would want that they'll probably never do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Real, real quick before we move on. We have one more piece of breaking news. Ooh. Hell yeah. Kotar Jeez. Peck has updated their pledge from $5 at the live audience tier all the way up to 25 joining the EP squad. Welcome aboard, wow. Kotar. Thank you so, so much. We're excited to have you. Thank you. Yeah, seriously. Thank thanks. you so much. It's crazy. All right. Well, with that said, let's go ahead and move on to our next one. We talked about Mario. It's, it's We got to talk about his rival now. And new footage of Sonic 2's filming has appeared on Instagram with, uh, I guess, a little bit of stunt work, some other set pictures of Green Hills. And the thing that stuck out to my and, and to me was they, um, it, where they're performing the one stunt, it's the third that come up. There's a store behind them, Mean Bean Coffee. I love it. That's perfect. Beautiful. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I. It's it's like one of those low hanging fruit things, but it's it's just perfect. Like it's yeah. The thing I find interesting is that it confirms we're returning to Green Hills for sequel because we Mm -hmm. all kind of thought maybe it'll take place in in the world of Sonic a bit more, like whatever that alien world he's from in the movies. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess that means I'm positing here that Robotnik finds a way to return not just from the planet he's on, but to Green Hills specifically. I guess I mean, so. The Yeah. And as Kotar Peck has mentioned, and I was going to get to that one as well, uh, there's other set picks of like military hardware, a tank and a, a helicopter. But the helicopter is what stood out to a lot of people because it has two things. One, uh, SA2, Sonic Adventure 2, so yeah. you got that reference in there. And then it's lo- which is more importantly, it's logo. It's the gun logo from Sonic Adventure 2. So gun is going to be in this one, which I did not expect gun to show up already. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I wonder if it'll yeah. be like an overt thing. Or, well, no, because it's also the gun logo is also on the tank. I'm looking at it now. So, yeah, I would I would argue that you're we're probably going to see something overt, like they'll reference guns specifically within the film. Mm-hmm. Are you a Sonic fan, Naveed? I'm not the biggest Sonic fan, but I've seen the Sonic movie and I thought it was a surprisingly fun uh, film. Like it's, it's obviously geared toward children, but I think the best part about these movies is, is just the references like one of the funniest parts in the first sonic movie was just that dude who was looking for the uh who was looking for sonic and he had the picture of the really crudely drawn sonic oh, yeah. from on, like, uh-huh. online memes and everything so much fan service yeah yeah so that's that's what i'm looking forward to I, i'm i'm definitely looking forward to this this sequel film um, same but yeah and this is one of those sequels that i think really has genuine potential to to be even better than the first movie and the first movie i think surprised most people by how good it was not amazing but i think but it was a good kids movie and a good sonic movie i think and i think yeah the, the sequel has every 
reason that it could actually outshine the original. And we'll see. I really hope it does. So if we're getting gun, does that mean we're getting shadow? <laughs> Are they popping sh- putting shadow in already? Because we, we talked about maybe Metal Sonic being a thing, but maybe so. they'll just skip that and like have Robotnik develop <laughs> Shadow instead. That would be really but, cool. I hope so, man. I Shadow really... is in this movie, people would go nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Tails is already here, and that, that's already cause for celebration. So if they add, you know, we know we're getting Knuckles as well. They add Shadow too. That's a lot of new blood, man, for, for just the second movie, but I'm here for it. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm going to be honest. I don't think Shadow's coming. Not in this movie. Could it, be wrong. It feels nah, more like that up. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I think they want to avoid the, the Spider-Man 3 problem of having too many new characters introduced in one movie where it's hard to keep track of what yeah. the hell's going on. Agreed. Oh, <laughs> uh, The things they could do with Sonic uh, was, you know, by putting Sh- Shadow in there. I, I feel like the third movie is where we'd get Amy and shadow. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. Like, like I was going to say, it would be weird if we, if we got shadow before Amy. I mean, I feel like Amy deserves, deserves a bit, a bit better than that. A lot better than that. Really? I feel like Amy and shadow would be good to introduce together. You could kind of pretend that Sonic, you know, doesn't know that there are other hedgehogs like him within, right. within the universe. And then he meets two of them in, in one movie. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a really cool plot, plot thread to pull, but yeah, I'm, I'm thinking we'll see Knuckles and he'll be kind of the pseudo protagonist or antagonist of the movie. And then we'll, you know, Robotnik or, or Eggman will come back and we'll we'll learn more about uh, what he's been up to. And he somehow put <laughs> Knuckles up to uh, attacking Sonic or something. That's my hope. I want I want right. Knuckles to be the bad guy for like the first half of the movie. Yeah, there's I, I would level... be surprised if he wasn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's definitely a level where I think they could go too far with like too many characters, like you guys said. But I, mm-hmm. I would love to see like more more characters like Shadow and Knuckles in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, continue our uh, Sega news. As this one's just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's nothing like crazy in the in the grand scheme of things but it's just one of those fun things like oh that's neat because uh sega is uh reportedly launching a new pokemon arcade uh, arcade game in japan now it's not really a game in the you know video game sense it's a uh metal game which um basically you know you're probably familiar with theirs they're basically like the coin pushing games that we've seen out here in the West where you Mm -hmm. pop a coin in, you launch it in. If you can get it, it will pop out more and you push it out and you get some, you know, prizes or whatever. And that's all it is. It's just Sega developing it and it's Pokemon themed. And, uh, they've, they've done a few of these in the past, likely not going to come out to, uh, you know, the, the U S or anything like that, but it's just like Sega makes Pokemon game. You're like, okay, I got to see what this is all about. <laughs> so, yeah. I want to know what this name is all about. Pokemon Kologalina. <laughs> Kologalina. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed. Well, it, sounds like a, it. <laughs> well, it, it sounds like a sickness. Like, oh man, I just <laughs> went to the doctor today. I got a really bad case of Kologalina, like a colon, like a colon problem or something. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm, but I, I think it's interesting that I, I don't know how many 
arcade games Sega has made with Nintendo. But I know they've had a long partnership, right? Even going all the way back to F-Zero AX and GX, mm-hmm. where they worked together on, on that arcade machine. So it's it's cool to see that they're still kind of working together on stuff like this, because I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a cool cabinet, I'll say that. The, the nice yeah. artwork of Pikachu yeah. uh, and Mewtwo. You know, it's, it's cool, but... Yeah. The thing is, the the, the hard thing for me about this is that it just reminds me of something we were talking about on Friday in our last episode. And that, of course, was F-Zero maybe not being dead. And so Sega teaming up to make a Pokemon arcade game just reminds me of Sega, you know, an amusement vision making the awesome F-Zero AX and and how I want that again. I want another arcade experience like that again. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I mean, Pokemon metal pushing game. That's cool, I guess. I mean, it's great (laughs) that it's happening, but, you know, it just reminds me of things that i want more which is you know what's harder about it it also okay sorry it also makes me just wish the arcade scene in america was bigger like that'd be nice Uh, that sure would be nice as as rob barman x mentions and is in the article um it's not the first time sega has made a pokemon game because back in 2012 uh, there is Pokemon Metal World that uh, launched in the region to celebrate Pokemon Black and White, which basically same thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Eh, so I mean, it's interesting, but kind of like a non a non story kind of thing for us, right? I, I yeah, agree it, though that the West. It's more of like uh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah, the Western arcade scene. We'll we'll never see a game like this because it's it's kind of pointless. Like these are these are things that in the West are relegated to like Chuck E. Cheese's and places like that. <laughs> Um, yeah boardwalks yeah i would love to see mm-hmm. uh the western arcade scene you know get gain a resurgence of sorts but i i guess when consoles became powerful past a certain point people just started playing at home more and i think that unlike you know in japan there there's a social aspect to going to the arcade and competing against other people where i think that in america it it's a competition is honestly just a bit more toxic when it when it comes down to it like mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. people in japan uh are very respectful of people they're competing against you don't hear a lot of shit talk during you know in public arcades and stuff like that whereas in america i mean i i remember being a kid in the late <laughs> 80s and hearing my first curse words in arcades being like oh <laughs> these guys uh-huh. are angry you know so yeah. i i get why it why it happened the way it did with american arcades they they were definitely not the uh safest of places at times and i think the issue we have now is that arcades are mostly associated in the west with children as as a children's mm-hmm. activity um mm-hmm. and i honestly just wish we'd get more of like the dave and buster style barcade type of experience where i i think the issue we have is that arcades or barcades uh themed towards adults typically lean very heavily into retro arcade games Yep. Mm-hmm. You don't see mm-hmm. many of them with modern arcade games. And and that's unfortunate. You know, like I said, if you want to play a modern arcade game, your best bet is Dave and Buster's. And even then it's kind of uh, like, I don't yeah. like Dave and Buster's. So. There's very, yeah. there are very few places to go for that. I've been to a few, but, and they're also usually combined with like a bowling alley or something like that and karaoke. Yeah. So I, I've been able to play like the Luigi's Mansion arcade game uh, a couple times because mm-hmm. they import that kind of stuff. And they have like the whole, the giant uh, Mario versus sonic at the olympic games arcade cabinet Um, like they'll bring that one over but yeah you never see like a lot of the cooler stuff i'd like to see round one continue to proliferate because round one is like a more you know it's a japanese company and 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 thus 
games included in, in its arcade centers are, you know, tend to lean more into exclusive Japanese titles and, and just, you know, weirder and, and rarer stuff than you would see at a Dave and Buster's. And so I, at the same time, though, while I do want to continue to see round ones proliferate, even the coolest round one as an arcade rat, someone who grew up in arcades, played a lot of DDR in arcades, even the coolest round one is never going to com- quite compare to you know, uh, like a little local CD hole in the wall arcade, not CD is in dangerous, but just kind of has that feeling to it. And I'm sure anybody who knows the kind of arcade I'm talking about knows exactly what I mean. I, I agree and, with you. My, uh, yeah. my late eighties stomping ground was called electric Ladyland, and it was in Lancaster, oh, California. <laughs> and it was the coolest damn arcade. I swear it had like the, the cheesy carpet and the dude walking around with like the hip uh-huh. mounted. Coin oh yeah. The hip coins. Ah, oh, man. I, I miss I, that. I, I didn't have an arcade growing up, but I do remember like there was like the best arcade is like ones you see to see the movie theater now where it's like one pinball machine and two really crappy arcade games. Uh, but there was uh, here's really dating myself when Hills existed. If anybody remembers that chain store, <laughs> um, hmm, Hills, I don't know if I, I recognize that might be an East ba- Coast no. thing. It might be an East Coast <laughs> it thing. It be. got bought out eventually by Walmart. I guess that's what eventually replaced it. Um, they had a little section there where they could, you know, kids could get popcorn. But for whatever reason, they also had Mortal Kombat two there, which is the first time I saw Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh, uh huh. Like, All right, <laughs> that's 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 the extent of my arcade uh, knowledge as a kid. But as far as those weird like Japanese uh, arcade games, I went to Mobi- I only went to Momocon once, and the one time I went, they had an arcade section. A lot of cons do that now, but one of the coolest ones I saw was basically table flip the game where you uh it's oh, yeah. just meant to yeah yeah stress relief uh-huh. you put the co- coins in and you just flip the table they give you like a scenario oh, where you're cool. at work or at uh you know at uh, wherever and you flip it and the harder you flip it the more damage is done and get more points and that's that's it that's that, all you do is just flip the table that arcade game is great because one the art style is that's very great. reminiscent of like WarioWare. it has like mm. a, a 2d and the thing is, as someone who fortunately has studied Japanese and can read it, like there, I know one specific scenario. I've never played the game, but I've seen it in video. And you're like a salary man wearing your suit and tie, and you've got like a bad comb over, and like your wife and kids are coming in just saying a name, like annoying shit to you the whole time, and you just choose the timing to be like, <laughs> ah, and like flip the table over and get out of there. <laughs> I'm like uh-huh. I, I love the vibe of that game so much, and I desperately want to play it someday. Me I'm, too. I'm I mean, jealous. It, it was at a Magfest one year that I went, and I could never play it because just there was a huge line. Oh, there was a massive line right. for it. The the best thing to me was that the 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 first time I saw somebody play it, it was a guy, and you know, a bit, you know, a bit stronger build than I was, and he but he <laughs> did the whole thing and flipped it. It was like okay, that's impressive. Behind him was a girl half his size and she got up there and I think she had her situation where she was working retail, like a, like at a McDonald's and annoying customers coming up and she must've fed into something. Cause she was just screamed, flipped it. And it got so many, she doubled the point score of that dude before her. And it was amazing. Like there, she had issues to work out and that arcade game was helping her. I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ditto Aim in the chat says, yeah, as the resident youngin' in the chat, I don't see the point in going somewhere else to play video games when I can do that at home. And from Fair your enough. perspective, I get what you're saying, but like all I can say is that it, it the vibe is different, and, and there are so there will always be games you can play in the arcade that you can't quite play at home, right? And just, 
it's a different vibe and we had to grow up with it. Maybe it's not something you can get if you just go to an arcade and you don't, one, maybe that's something that has to be ingrained, but one thing it's different, I man. Say that helped is as a gamer way back then, it, it you have to remember arcades were popular before the advent of the internet. So a lot of folks that right. played games one, it was definitely a stigmatized hobby. Like you felt like you were an outcast or a nerd or you didn't belong because you loved video games. And that was what you saw mm-hmm. in your day-to-day life. And on television, like every gamer was like this Coke bottle glasses, 96 pounds, wet weakling who was always picked on. Uh, and because of that, like people would make fun of you if you were out loud saying how much you love video games in public. And you went to the arcade and you realized like, Hey, there's, loads of normal people that love video games and that was your only way of really connecting with that um you know to realize like no gamers aren't these basement dwelling weird sweaty (laughs) awful people like tv (laughs) makes you think they're just normal people who have the same hobby we do um yeah you know these days with the internet it's very easy to realize like yeah gaming's a thing and people enjoy it and not everybody that plays games is is some awkward you know, man child. I mean, I am, but <laughs> right. Well, and above and beyond just that, that base appeal, there's also like, you know, the, the additional aspect of like, if you're in the fighting game community or if you're in the rhythm game community, like there, it, even as someone who's like a casual fighting game player, it's different going up and, and quartering up on an arcade machine and playing <laughs> yeah. with someone right next to you and feeling the rush of victory or the sting of defeat. That doesn't just, it just doesn't translate online when you're playing by yourself online against somebody on your tv same thing with rhythm games like ddr as a big ddr player back in my college and high school days you can play in a soft pad at home and that's fine it's good for exercise but when you're playing on a hard pad and you're good and you're drawing a crowd the rush you feel from that it is pure adrenaline and you just can't get it at home it's just it's just different totally one thing i think another Oh, go ahead, please. I was just going to say, one thing people don't think about uh, also is back in the day, arcades, that's where you went to see the cutting edge. That's mm-hmm. when yeah. graphics yep. were at That's where graphics were at their peak. You couldn't get that at home unless you had like a Neo Geo AES at home. That was like the, the only system where you could get true arcade perfect oh, yeah. ports. You were, you were so. always looking when, when a port came out, like which one had the least compromises to it. Like, wh- where did they cut the fewest uh-huh. corners to get And I was on- so unaware of the arcade scene. I was like, yeah, it looks fun. <laughs> I, mean, I had no idea. It was like the arcade version was so looked so much better until I think I played, uh, I was at a, I went on a trip and the hotel had TMNT 2, basically. But, you know, the arcade version. I'm like, holy yeah. crap, this looks amazing. Yeah. Just blew Boy, my mind. And it's, it's a four player, you know, th- that's another thing is like, there's nothing quite like the feeling of like, you know, you see a team and machine, three of the turtles are taken, or maybe they're not, maybe they're not, but you were able to get your favorite turtle and, you know, we are with other people and it's just like, you're kind of, there's an unspoken alliance. You're, you're all playing together to try to beat the game. It's obviously munching all your quarters because those are made to just drain your money, mm-hmm. but there's just like an unspoken alliance, this camaraderie, complete strangers. That is, it's not something you can really recreate outside the arcade. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next game because there's another experience that was just sort of unique to gaming that uh, we'll see if they can capture again. All right. So the developers of Celeste have revealed a teaser image of uh, and their name of their next game. It's Earthblade, though they don't have a... a, a actual release date uh, set yet. I think they said 20XX. So, nice. you know, sometime. 
Um, but it look, I, you know, there's not really that much to go on, but it's, you know, extremely okay games making a new game. And these guys are two for two so far. So yeah, I'm interested. Same. I yeah. mean, you had me at Celeste. If exactly. You know, Celeste is incredible. So that I'm, I'm excited about this just based on my love for Celeste because it's such a special singular experience in games. So I can't wait to find out more. Yeah, I'm a huge Celeste fan as well. And I don't, did you guys click on the link to see like the poster art as well? There's a clip of music they also posted oh, did they? from the that. game. And the music sounds fantastic. It's like, it's got like a great atmosphere, but also like it's got other vibes to it as well. It kind of reminds me all, almost something from Near Automata Ooh, a little oh, bit. Oh, I hear it. And the composer is Lena Rain, who did Celeste as well. And so, I mean, she obviously fantastic. <laughs> And yes. you know that just based on the Celeste soundtrack. So I'm I, I'm into this, whatever it ends up being. I mean, I, I do have to point out, being the name of our channel, that they dubbed this a vibe reveal for the game as well. Which, <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on, guys. You could have asked us first. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we don't own vibes, but I, I do love the... I, I do love the general vibe of this. I haven't gotten to listen to the music yet, but I did see the poster art. I love the fact that they're really upfront with the fact that they have iterated on their prototype for this game a few times and they kind of realized initially they they overshot their own capabilities and they're like okay you know we need to reel ourselves back in to make this a make this game actually happen and i i can definitely identify with that so i i think it's cool i'm excited to see what they did celeste uh, i never finished it it was just too hard <laughs> but um... I, I beat the main story i never went back to the b and c sides but... me, me neither yeah Mm-hmm. I got what I wanted oh, yeah. out of the game with just that core experience. Yeah. yeah. And, and Navid, I definitely hear what you're saying. I just played a little bit of, a, of the music and it absolutely gives me near automata vibes immediately. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I also, I, I love the direction they're taking. I guess they said it's going to be sort of like an action adventure, uh, 2d action adventure game. And the, the logo itself, I think is beautiful. It gives me mm-hmm. huge, like super Nintendo, super Famicom vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost reminds me of, like soul blazer. Uh, so if it's anything like Soul Blazer, like Illusion of Gaia type thing, I'd be so down. Did you just name drop one of my favorite games of all time in Illusion Did of I? Gaia? I love you. <laughs> you you and I are my best friends. You don't have a say in the matter. I'm sorry, I don't make rules, <laughs> but I'm just happy to, to to always meet other Illusion of Gaia fans. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Nice. Oh, it is gorgeous. Yeah, it's nice. very good. Jeez. Yeah, I am so down for this. It's going to be a while till we get it, but mm. it's I, I like this. I like this sort of upfront idea of how they went through things and like you know how they were like, no, 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 we're going to be faster this time between Towerfall and Celeste. We, you know, <laughs> we can do it this time. And like, oh god, it's 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 happening again because we just it, it's they they want to try to find that right balance between the unknown in their comfort zone. They want to try something new, but they also don't want to go straight too far. And I think that's why they've iterated so many times. And I think they can pull it off because man, I am so down mm-hmm. for whatever this, this, this ends up being. Same. Yeah. I mean, again, just the pedigree here alone makes, makes means I'm excited. Whatever this turns out to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yep. I, you know, it would not surprise me if, uh, we got this in a future indie world or even just a main di- direct. Yeah. I, 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 I think I indie world is a shoe in, but yeah, and possibly a main direct as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So, all right. 
Well, let's go ahead and move on to the last bit of news tonight. And uh, it's a big one. Because Sony, thank God, has reversed (laughs) their decision on shutting down the PSN store for the PS3 and Vita. PSP is still closing down, but no longer are they shutting down the PS3 and Vita stores thanks to all the uh, pushback. Uh, Because uh, it's interesting that Jim Ryan wrote this as well. I guess he is the president and CEO, but he's just basically like trying to make his excuses. But like, okay, we made a mistake. We're going to reverse course in that. But yeah, you still only have until July 2nd to get uh, anything on the PSP that you still want. Um, now there is so, some question around that because you can buy PSP games on the Vita store mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So will you still be able to buy PSP content on the Vita store? In which case, I mean, cool. Like that's you know that's a that's a net positive. But um, and, and I would say that the PSP, understandably, you know, it's it's pretty long in the tooth at this point. I think it's okay to to yeah. retire something that old whereas the vita and the ps3 i mean they're still older machines but they feel too recent to do this yep right yeah and, right. I, and the, I mean the other, yeah the other question was like are the the cross play titles still going to work with the psp as well going moving forward because I, I believe there are a few of those right where you could buy so. like a ps1 classic and play it on the psp and the vita or something like that that is a really good question so who I would think that there. you could at least purchase a game on PS3 and then transfer it to your PSP. I would hope. Yeah, would that's hope that you can that's that. what I would assume. Yeah, but you just can't buy it natively from the PSP, right? That's a really, there's a really lot of PSP there. games I've missed out on over the years, though. Like I've I've not played you know, the Daxter games. I haven't played. There's a lot of RPGs on there. Like the PSP has a lot of great games. So it is a shame that we're losing that. And uh, yeah, those prices are definitely going to go up. <laughs> I will say I'm, I'm uh, about to go by Crisis Core because I don't think I ever finished it. But... Oh, oh you, nice. You, you should. Yeah. Uh, Evernight and, and Sci-Fi Lullabies in the chat bring up a good point. Evernight says they reversed this after plenty of people already panic bought some of the games that were disappearing. And Sci-Fi follows that up by saying the cynical part of me wonders if this was all planned to panic people into spending money before mm-hmm. they quote unquote couldn't anymore when they were always going to keep them up, but that's just me. No. I, I could see why the, the, the cynical part of me could see why that could be a possibility, but I, I do, this is Jim Ryan, right? I mean, this is, you know, we know how he feels about old games that clearly, apparently nobody wants to play. I do think that they truly intended to do this and that yeah, they absolutely. were surprised by the backlash, if, even if though they, they shouldn't have been. If they wanted to do this like purposefully, they would have waited until close to like whenever, they were Good planning to close well. down the store like in July or something like that. But I was absolutely one of the people just last week went on the PlayStation three store, grabbed oh. like 70 to $80 worth of stuff that I didn't have. And I wanted, um, I don't, I don't like regret that at all because I'm never going to find like a Tron bond physically or anything like that. So I wanted mm-hmm. to pick that up, mm-hmm. but they got me, they got me with it. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, think that- I I was making well, I was doing that whole series, uh, you know, games that you might want to look into and how much they are, they are on eBay, yep. and that was sort of using that own research as like, okay, here's a shopping list, here's a budget. When I'm ready, let's let's go ahead and buy a bunch of stuff. But it just didn't come to that yet. I should probably still do that because there's a lot of great RPGs on this store that you're just not going to get for cheap no matter what. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think that. You know, this was something that Sony didn't absolutely did not expect. They didn't expect mm-hmm. backlash. They thought people are too focused on the PS5. 
um, for them to really care about the PS3 and and the Vita being, you know, taken offline essentially. And I think that you know Sony realizes that you know their their goodwill can only carry them so far. And uh, frankly, you know, people were pinning this squarely on Jim Ryan, the person at the top. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. being being the CEO of a mega global corporation or whatever the, the hell does not mean that you always have a thick skin and can deal with criticism and frankly if it means that it gets him to reverse dumb shit like this cool (laughs) i'm i'm very happy yeah yeah i mean he had a quote right there for so people could target him with nobody plays old games anymore who cares about old games anymore well guess what (laughs) a lot of people yeah yeah Dennis J brings up a good point saying also who knows for how long they will keep them up though foreseeable future can mean anything and I, I read that when I read that I was like foreseeable future what exactly does that mean and I and I wonder if this is just something they're going to sh- to kind of shelve until maybe they have a little less negative attention because you remember this also all happened it came down at the same time as Sony shuttering a lot of their Japanese development operations and and mm-hmm. you know the whole the last of us being remade already yep. and then refocusing completely on Western development, which is also pissing off a lot of PlayStation fans. So I wonder if all that was just a bit too much at the same time. And maybe they're just pushing this off a little bit until they don't have so much negative attention well, on them. I, they're definitely just pushing it off for a while, right? We don't know how long. Yeah. Um, there, there will come a day when they take down both of these stores. Um, yep. My hope, my hope is that this taught them a valuable lesson of the value of these games, because what I, if I were Jim Ryan and I were sitting there thinking, oh, wow, you know, he clearly got the message loud enough to say, okay, let's not close it now. But I hope behind mm-hmm. the scenes, you know, as, as any businessman or business person would do, he thought, man, people still buy this old stuff. We should find mm-hmm. a way to sell it on the current hardware. <laughs> right. <laughs> because yeah. that is the yeah. obvious step you take. Like if they tell me we're still going to shut down, like if this announcement had been, we're still shutting down the PS3 store, but we're making all that content available on PS5 within six months of us closing the store down. I'd say, you know mm-hmm. what? Great. I'll I'll go buy it at, at the PS5 store if I want it still. Because honestly, that's how I'd rather have it. I'd rather that these games continue right. to be made available on whatever the mm-hmm. latest and greatest hardware is so that I can have them, just like with my Steam library, I can buy a game in 2013 buy a new PC eight years later and still have access to all that stuff. That is what I think right. these platform holders need to recognize. Like mm-hmm. if I want to buy Tron bond digitally, I want to know that when my PlayStation six shows up that I can still <laughs> play that game. I mean, yeah, I know yeah. that it's work to write emulators. Nothing is free, but I guarantee you they'll make that investment back hundreds of times over. If they just make those, those games available across generations of platforms. But yep. who would want to play these games, Steve? I mean, come on. Not, <laughs> not Jim Ryan. <laughs> but, yeah. You do want have to yeah. wonder how much money Sony made by, you know, people panic buying like this. Because I was planning I, on it. I was I'm very curious. I was too, man. I was thinking. That like, oh, might I'm also have been another reason for the decision. Oh, it absolutely money factored into it for sure. I mean, it's a it's a good PR yeah. move and one that'll make them money because they'll still have people. People will continue to panic by even now. They'll just say, oh, well, you know, mm-hmm. like me, they'll say it's going down someday. So I better get that stuff now or I already dug out my PS3 to do it. So I'm going to carry oh, yeah. all the way through and finish. He was already sort of like 
shutting down certain certain things beforehand, like the DLC opportunities and things like that is like our updates. Uh, yep. If you hadn't had fully updated, it's like, no. Uh, Griff, the Wii U store does still work. Yeah, it's still up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can only download your games, though, that you own, not purchase stuff. Oh, oh sorry. It was Wii U. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. of the Wii. Sorry. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, mm-hmm. trust me. If I, I still regret some of the things I failed to buy on the Wii, I got some stuff when that was ending, but I didn't think of it all. So I was like, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say going back to the the PS3 and Vita stuff, like as as someone who collects games, I consider myself a collector. Like I really do hope, at least in the short term, some of these prices start coming back down for the PS3 and oh, PS1 games good. and stuff like that. Like. Games like Folklore, like 3D Dot Game Heroes, they've gone in the yes. hundreds already. Thank God I have 3D Dot Game Heroes physically. I do too, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do too. Yeah. I got that game real cheap, and I remember I made Cloud with a Buster Sword. <laughs> <laughs> I, I regret nothing. I'm the most unoriginal person on Earth. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and also, this is something they fixed, but... Hopefully they also fix their like whole CMOS battery issue that's recently come up. I don't know if you guys heard about that. I, no, I, I have heard about this and mm-hmm. there was another story that put out there, but it's, it's sort of unclear where somebody was asking about this and like a rep said, we are looking into this and they took it as, oh my gosh, nobody's going to try to fix it. It's like, mm, that seems more like Not corporate. Not so much. Like, yeah. hey, a rep is like, yeah, we'll look into your concern. So, I mean, and apparently it's something that could also affect PS4 games as well. And PS5. Mm-hmm. In PS5. PS5. It is, okay. it is yeah. confirmed. So Spawnwave did a did a great video on this uh, yeah. yesterday, I think, um, where where uh, somebody actually went through the effort of disassembling their PS5, removing the CMOS battery and testing it. And uh, I guess that person did not have a physical PS5, so they couldn't test it with an actual disc-based game. But they did confirm that if your CMOS battery dies, uh, downloads stop working. So... That is that I is. I think the same issue happens to the Xbox for... as well. Uh, it came out as well. Yeah, I, I would imagine exactly. that this will happen to every modern console unless something big changes. Uh, and that would have to be at, at the console's DRM level, basically, like how they validate your ability to play a game. So yeah, yikes! It seems like it'd be a huge legal issue in the future moving forward if this is something that I'll, i mean i these batteries probably last a while so mm-hmm. i'm not sure how many people are gonna like care in 10 years 20 years whenever however long these things last mm-hmm. but i feel like it's a it might be a legal issue moving forward yeah it, it very well could yeah. be i mean if they render your ability to i mean because essentially it, it I mean, I, I don't know what the license terms are. I guess I should know that right. uh, for, for buying a, a digital game, right, from any modern digital storefront. But, um, I mean, I don't think that there's a clause in there that says that after X number of years, your your license is revoked. Because I, I feel like that's something that everyone would have heard of by now, right? Like, hey, in 20 years, your digital games, you no longer own them, period. Like, your license is gone. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure there yeah, well- is something that says Sony can revoke them for any reason because of course they would cover themselves that way, but um, they're, they're technically not revoking them, but no longer providing you a means of validating them, which I think would, would become a legal hurdle down the road for, for any of these console manufacturers. So before they get sued, they, they might <laughs> want to consider, uh, you know, cause, cause it really, all it would take is a firmware update, like the console yeah. telling the console, Hey, uh, 
you know, this console's dead, so no longer check for license validity. Just let people play the game or whatever. Uh, like you, you could people, easily at the end of life of a console do that. People have tested yeah. on the PS4 too. It doesn't, it, if that CMOS battery is dead, it doesn't even work with physical games anymore yep. at mm-hmm. that point. So, right. Yeah, I, I had seen a few people saying, well, this is, you know, screw the all digital future and this is a perfect reason. And I hear you. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the all digital future either. Or I hear those people, I should say. But at the same time, this also affects, as we just said, disc-based games. So this isn't mm-hmm. quite an example of that, even though it's, it's still or you got to just change really the thing. companies to not do this. DRM <laughs> has to be far less aggressive than what it is, is what yeah. it comes down right. to. Because, again, we've as we've said many times before, you make the game readily available to buy, people will buy it. They won't pirate it. You make it hard, that's when people yeah. pirate crap. Yeah. I mean, there will always be bad faith actors who will pirate things no matter what. But I think the vast majority of people, though, if they are able to buy something easily, they will do so rather than pirate it. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Yep. I don't know. But at the end end of the day, I'm glad that they've at least for now reversed this decision. I I have time to save up some money and (laughs) get things ready for that. I will say, like, the, the videos you guys made, I think they're still like great resources to mm. see because it's really hard to parse through the PS3 store oh, as I found out. In the ass, trust yeah. me. <laughs> so, so difficult. Yeah. <laughs> I am not looking forward to it because I, I will make one more of those after this news, which is the PSP ones with it's, you know, actually going out. Right, um, right. So mm-hmm. I'll try to do that, but shush, I'm not looking forward to it. I'll say that. <laughs> um, yeah. I also need to test whether it works with the, both with the Vita and the PSP to see if there's a difference. Um, trying to figure that out. I don't know. We'll, we'll, it's something I'm looking at once I get this next review done. So we'll see. <laughs> but uh, with that, I think we've covered all the major headlines from today's news. But before we sign off, Naveed, where can we find you at? I'm on Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Everything should just be my name, Naveed Mohebi. So... That should be pretty easy, hopefully. <laughs> awesome. We'll have links to all of it of, of, as well, of course. So definitely yes, check in the out. description below. Right. You want to see his, what What was it? You said 150 strong Wii collection? <laughs> yeah. Something like nice. that. I, I'm, I'm thinking about going through my GameCube collection next, which nice. is not as oh. big. But, well, yeah, but the right. GameCube also had a few less games. You, hey, I'm still, I'm yeah. just happy for, uh, when we have Radiant, Fire Emblem Radiant Dawn, and on GameCube, I have Path of Radiance. So, real, real You're good. Before, before, I have to ask, do you collect Japanese GameCube games as well? I have like six or seven of them. I, I actually did a video on YouTube recently. It's my most recent video. I did a video of all of Nintendo's Japanese exclusive GameCube games. Nice. So I need to watch that. Things nice. like Kurin Squash and uh, Donkey Kong 3, which we never got, and Gift Pia. Oh, yeah. So. Gift, Gift Pia. Pia. Is a, really I forgot weird. about Gift Pia. Yeah. It's by Skip, the people who did Chibi Robo, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Yeah, I, I love totally that game. I forgot about that. Gift Pia and yeah. Captain Rainbow are like the two weirdest GameCube games. That, that <laughs> I, love, I love both of them. Captain Rainbow yeah. is so good. God, I, I, that. That I need to play through someday. all those. I think there's a fan patch out there for Captain Rainbow. Oh, I'm there sure there is. Gift sure Pia there is. has yeah. Gift, Gift Pia has a translation online, but you have to like actually go to the website and follow through it. So it's a, it's more difficult, but you can definitely play it and get through it. Nice. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
Well, we also have to give a very special thanks to all of our patrons, big and small, but especially those at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen. In addition, a massive, massive thank you to the patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine folks include Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Itiono Ben, Dan and Twistle, Dennis J, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, It's ATM, Octopuppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Floating Mew, Echo Carol, Christopher, The D Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Nick Waterman, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotik, Macalau, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Azran127, Ken Relay09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Douglas Chomix, Andrew Medeiros, RMM, Patrick Harrison, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzy Wakehoid, Flaming Highwayman, Sean Garrett, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Masterlinks, Sean Davis, Deneth, Jackson Jordan, Michael McCall, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Goran Amber, Straight Lace, uh, Hubi, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes and 60 Seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Revelox, uh, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Bowling. Hi, Mom. Kotar, Kotar Peck, Scuff196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Wheezy Penguin, and Anthony Wilson Jr. Thank you all so, so much. And remember that you too can become a patron over at patreon.com slash gvgaming, where you can watch today's, new, today's news tonight live for as little as $5 a month. Uh, thank you all so much for watching. And if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. Until next time, good night and goodbye. Good vibes. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.